Good morning, everyone. Please turn to number 250 and join us singing Wondrous Love. Christmas is all about the love of God come down to earth to us. And now we'll have our call to worship. Good morning. Good morning. Call to worship this morning is Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Salem, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, what desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow, he cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Amen. Amen. That is um, the theme of God's love, the fact that God is always with us. Let us continue to worship the Lord, and we'll sing number 71, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, 71. i 
Amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we are gathered here to worship you this morning, and we are aware that it is the Sunday before we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the one who came to rescue us from ourselves. And Lord, it is just such an awesome truth. May we never, never, never take you for granted. You are so wonderful, and your love for us, the depth of your love for us, the lengths you go to, to rescue us and to change us and to make our lives pleasing to you, is something we should just always stand in awe of and give you worship for. So we are gathered here this morning to worship you. Please help us to focus our whole beings on you and draw closer to you through Jesus and in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now uh, let us take our bulletin inserts and pray our prayer of confession in unison. You have asked for our hands that you might use them for your purpose. We gave them for a moment, then withdrew them, for the work was hard. You asked for our mouths to speak out against injustice. We gave you only a whisper that we might not be accused. You asked for our eyes to see the pain of poverty. We closed them, for we did not want to see. You asked for our lives, that you might work through us. We gave you a small heart, that we might not get too involved. Lord, forgive all our calculated efforts to serve you. Only when it is convenient to do so, only in those places where it is safe to do so, and only with those who make it easy for us to do so. Father, forgive us, renew us, and send us out as usable instruments that we might take seriously the meaning of your cross. Amen. And, you know, it's one of the deep secrets that people don't talk about so much about living a life of faith in Jesus. It's not easy. Jesus said we needed to take up our cross and suffer as he suffered, but the reward is fantastic. So let us just assure us with the words given to the Apostle John, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, but it doesn't stop there, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a word from God to hang on to. And now um, let's sing um, a familiar tune, number 221, O Christmas Tree, but with new and updated and improved lyrics, number 221. to our hearts to 
Amen. You should uh, Google Brian Jeffrey Leach. He was an amazing 20th century songwriter, hymn writer for the church. And now let us hear uh, our word for this morning. Scripture reading this morning is Matthew 1, 18 through 25, and Psalm 23. This is a Matthew 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was exposed to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Psalm 23. Very familiar, I'm sure. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we're going to uh, go to the Lord in prayer, but before we do, uh, I've received some texts, and I want to pass on to you that... uh, Elin Lee's granddaughter, Rebecca, is even now about to be delivering a a baby. Um, Her water broke earlier, and she's at Mass General, and she has a history of complications, and we haven't heard anything as of 10.15, so uh, I was asked to pray about this, and I'm just letting you know when I get there why. Three in one God, we should always remember and rejoice in the amazing truth that you visited us, your final creation, as one of us on the planet you created. The celebration of the birth of your Messiah, your Christ, your anointed, that English-speaking people call Christmas or Christ Mass, needs to be in our hearts every week, not just this week. Help us to always realize and rely on the reality that you are always God with us, Emmanuel. And you will save us from our sins and more if we ask you as your humble, dependent children in obedient faith that seeks to please you for who you are in all you do. 
and thank you for your loving fatherly discipline that tells us no when we need to hear it. And that builds your perfect character into us as we go through situations you orchestrate that seem to be too hard for us to take. Because in times like these, you fill us with the fruit of your spirit, namely love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We pray for the world, for all people around this globe. May this be a year in the midst of so much fear and despair that many will grasp at the deepest level of their souls why Jesus visited this world some 2,000 years ago and that their spirits may come to life or be revitalized. We pray especially for all leaders in all walks of life. Some know you and are seeking to do your will, and we rejoice in that. But it seems that many, many are on a prideful ego trip. Please humble these people in these special days and also in the coming year. We would also be very remiss if we did not apply all of this to ourselves. So please create in us a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us. And please help us to keep short accounts with you as we confess our own sins to our Savior to be forgiven, restored, and reconciled. And now we pray for our church family. We pray for uh, Franny and for Cindy, Rich and Andrea, Allie, KK, and her family. We pray for Elin, and especially we lift up her granddaughter, Rebecca, and this baby. Uh, please help this to be a, a safe delivery. Please be with both the mother and the child. We pray for Kurt and Dory and Peter, Linda, Billy, their mom, Norgie, the whole family. We pray for Joe and his family. We pray for Pam and Brendan, Jeff and Susan. We pray for Ken, Charlie, Sally and Jimmy, Christine and her family. And we think especially of Steve's Cambodian family. Noel and Darren, we pray also for Al and Carol and their daughter and their granddaughter. And Father, please help me to explain, interpret, and apply these two good examples we have heard about Emmanuel faith. Holy Spirit, please touch and change all of our hearts by the word you inspired, and please start with me. Also, please prepare, make ready our hearts to receive the sacrament of the body and blood of our Savior. And now we come to you with one heart and one mind, praying the prayer that Jesus left for his followers. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And uh, the next thing we'll do before we light our candles is sing number 215, O hearken ye. That means listen, listen up and do something about it.
That's the most amazing thing of all, that God came to us in human flesh and blood, just as we have. We'll now take your bulletin inserts, and we have a little responsive reading for the lighting of the fourth candle, which is Emmanuel love. Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, And he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. For I am the Lord, your God the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I have given Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in your place. Since you are precious in my sight, since you are honored and I love you, I will give other men in your place and other peoples in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and gather you from the west. I love Isaiah. Well, let's see if I can get this uh, right this week. Uh, The first candle was for um, faith and hope. And then the second one was um, for peace. The third one was for joy and uh, light. And this one is for God's love, especially manifested in Emmanuel, God with us, which is our theme for this morning. And uh, you may be seated for the message. As I was finishing my seminary training, In preparing to be a pastor or an under-shepherd in a local church, my main concern was how could I minister to people in extremely difficult circumstances. And I had already seen this in my life, uh, ministering at the Springfield Rescue Mission and going to a homeless shelter, and even in my own family. You see, here's a reality. God does not heal all people who are ill. Many people die young, Right after I was married, my own mother, who was a believer, a devout believer in Jesus, died of cancer at age 54. And God does not always help people in financial difficulty. Some end up homeless and or hungry. In fact, Jesus talked about this, and he said to those who were very angry because a woman had taken an expensive jar of oil and poured it on Jesus, and they were saying, why didn't she sell it and give the proceeds to the poor people? And Jesus stated this reality. You will always have poor people among you. And and let me say this very clearly. This is not a matter of faith. Jesus also said in the upper room, just before he went to the garden to pray, speaking to followers of his, in this world, you all are experiencing tribulation. What did he mean by this? He didn't mean all his people were going to be having tribulation all the time. But what he meant is in each and every local church, 
all the time there will be at least one person within that body of faithful believers who is experiencing difficulties and trials at that time. That is part of life on this earth for God's people. And then Paul would later write to the body of Christians in Corinth that when one member of the body suffers, we are all suffering together with that portion of the body. So I knew, I knew this, that there was no one word anywhere that I could give to a person in extremely dire situations which would guarantee to them that they would be delivered out of that situation and before they knew it, things would be all right. So this bothered me. It's it's what human beings do. We don't like to deal with this reality. So I saw the Lord in prayer earnestly. Is there anything I could possibly say to people in these circumstances that is true all the time for everybody in every circumstance? And then I finally realized it. There is one, there is one promise The Emmanuel promise, the with us promise. You can read from Genesis to Revelation, and I have been the last 20 years. I think in every book somewhere, God promises and says, if you are my people, I will be with you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. This is the one hope we can hang on to. Absolutely hang on. No matter what is happening, God is with me. And now I also, because I have this weird mind, and we were talking in our Life of Christ Bible study that Jesus had kind of chastised his people for not being with the culture, with what was happening in the world and not communicating properly. And one of the first thoughts that popped into my head, and this was not sacrilegious, but how could I communicate to someone, this wonderful reality that might not mean anything to them. So in the words of the world, God with us, Emmanuel, it is the one blank check that we can always cash it for whatever amount we need. I think that's pretty cool. So to get back to our text, um, Both of these texts, starting with the one in Matthew about Joseph and and the word, and it's on the front of our bulletin, you will call his name Emmanuel. Talk about this God with us, Emmanuel truth. And then, of course, the familiar psalm that we all heard, David's famous shepherd song with God being the shepherd, God with us is the heart of that as well. So let's look at each of our passages in order. First, we can summarize the gospel. Joseph discovers Mary is with child, but it's by the Holy Spirit to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet about a virgin and Emmanuel, the Savior. Let's take this line by line. The birth of Jesus Christ was being thus. And this verb is in the form that it happened over time. We all know that a birth takes nine months to occur, and there's a lot that even leads up to that. His mother Mary, having been espoused to Joseph, before they came together, was found being with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, you've probably heard it. I'll make it real quick. But in those days, a betrothal and a spousal was a binding agreement equal to marriage, but it could last for a year or longer until it was finally consummated. Now, we're told that Joseph had not had marital relationships with her yet but she's with child. And then it says, but her husband, Joseph, 
being just, righteous, they're synonyms. We saw this last week. Not willing to disgrace her was minded to secretly put her away. Now, isn't this interesting? We're told specifically in scripture, Joseph is just. He's righteous. Okay. So he knew that adultery was wrong. At that time, it was what he was assuming. What else would he assume? And that justified a divorce, or in the words of Scripture, putting her away. There were procedures for this in the Torah. Now, he also knew the punishment for adultery was death, stoning to death. And he decided to protect her. He says, if I don't bring it to light, Mary can just quietly go away and live her life. But here's an amazing, amazing truth, and it tells us something about Joseph's heart. Having thought on these things, behold, and I love this in Scripture, you know, it's like, can you imagine how Joseph must have felt? Because the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now, This having thought, I believe this means that Joseph gave very prayerful thought to his course of action. He wanted to be sure he was right in God's eyes and he was doing God's will. And suddenly he's shocked by this angel coming to him in a dream. And if you look through the first two chapters of the birth account of Jesus and then after he was born, five times God communicated with Matthew through, uh, not Matthew, with Joseph in Matthew's gospel. Joseph through a dream and Joseph was always obedient. And he says, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife. So with this, two things come forward. Joseph is of the line of the Messiah. There had been a prophecy to David that a descendant of you will ultimately be the king forever. And through his angel now, God is telling him, it's okay. Go through with it. Take Mary to be your wife. Now, because the one conceived in her is born from the Holy Spirit. He's from the Holy Spirit, okay? So he's saying she has not been unfaithful with a man. The son is conceived by God. And she'll bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, Joseph is to call her son Jesus. In Hebrew, this is Yasha or Yeshua. It got transliterated into Greek, but every language speaks another language with a foreign accent. And you probably know most masculine nouns in Greek add an S. So it becomes Jesus. But what it means ultimately is to save because he will save his people from their sins. So here's the bottom line. People are estranged from God. All people are estranged from God by sin. And to be saved from sin is to be reconciled to God. So this is God's purpose in all this. And now let's look at the second half of our passage. We are now told this happened in order to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. A virgin shall give birth to a son called Emmanuel. And he called her son, Joseph called him Jesus. Again, line by line, this all happened that it would be fulfilled what had been spoken through the prophet. We've been seeing this through Advent in the year. Whenever God speaks through a prophet, whatever he says, it is ultimately fulfilled and in his time, and now it's time. Again, behold, behold, this angel is saying, the virgin 
will have a child and will give birth to a son, quoting what God had said through Isaiah over 700 years before his. And again, Isaiah continued, they will call his name Emmanuel. Now, when I was taking Hebrew, this is pretty cool. The preposition im means with. Then they threw in a little syllable to make it easy. Nu means us. Ale means God. Literally, with us, God in English. That's what he will be named by the people. Now, writing to the Greek-speaking Jews here, Matthew interprets the Hebrew for them, and he declares this son born of God and Mary will be the God with human beings. Now, before he interpreted the Greek, I checked this out. Matthew directly quoted word for word the Greek translation of Isaiah 7.14. You see, God's love is shown through Emmanuel or through God with us. That's how he shows us and demonstrates to us and lets us experience his love, by being with us. And then we're told, having been aroused from sleep, Joseph did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Just as with Abraham, and we saw this earlier with Isaac and over and over again, Joseph's life is marked by immediate obedience to whatever it is God tells him. Now it says, and he was not knowing her until which her son was born and he called his name Jesus. Now this is experiential knowing. There's two words for know in the Greek language. One, it's all up in your head. Two, you're doing it. You know from your life. This would be a knowing in the physical sense, meaning an intimate physical relationship. That did not happen until Mary had her child. And then Joseph named him Jesus, Yeshua, Savior according to the revelation of the angel of the Lord. So not only is God's love shown in Emmanuel, right here, this was some of the text that the council used to declare that the Trinity is a reality. You see, Jesus is born of God and of Mary, and that's another complex thing. One person, Jesus, two Perfect natures, perfectly God, perfectly human like the first Adam. Well, now let's go back to um, Psalm 23 and what we can learn from David. It's familiar, but it's worth going over it because the heart of it is the same. Emmanuel, God with us, truth. Yahweh leads his sheep to rest restoration and righteousness. And he is with them when they are near death, comforting, feeding, anointing, and loving them for long days. Let's take it line by line, word by word. Yahweh is being my shepherd. I will not be lacking. Now, if you've ever read Philip Keller's book, and he's a Middle Eastern shepherd, sheep are prone to be ignorant and to wander, just like people are. But Yahweh cares for them and looks after them as a good human shepherd, better than a human shepherd. And David himself had been a shepherd. And they will not lack, his sheep shall lack nothing. If you're wondering what that word means, and I always did as a little boy, Deuteronomy 8 explains it even better. In other words, they will never be without, they will always have all they need. Next, and David speaking in the first person. He will cause me to lie down in green pastures. He will lead me beside waters of rest. He will restore my soul. Here's three things. Yahweh will feed us 
A good shepherd feeds his flock. And again, Keller's book talks about the shepherd will wander everywhere, not wander, but search everywhere until he finds a perfect pasture and turn his sheep loose on them. Now, this waters of rest, um, in the original language as David wrote it, it's alliterative. It is literally my manuach. And my is waters of, manuach is a word for rest. And the root of it, nuach, is Noah's name with a Hebrew accent. And then restoration. David says the soul, his soul, the soul of a sheep, it will be brought back to close relationship with the shepherd. Now, I should have said this is three parts, and this is the end of the first part. He will lead me in paths of righteousness for the sake of his name. Now, righteousness is one of Yahweh's greatest character traits. We also saw this characteristic of being righteous also applied to Joseph. And for the sake of Yahweh, you see, a sheep of Yahweh the shepherd walking in righteousness reflects well on him. Now the middle part. Again, I'll sum it up. Even near death, the sheep doesn't fear because, he says, because the shepherd is with him, comforting him with discipline and salvation. First line Even when I will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He will have no fear of approaching death. In fact, he will see it as a shadow. And then he says, because you are with me. Now, I had a 1990s study Bible, and as I was going over the passage this week in the original, and I took a course that taught me about Hebrew poetry, all you need to know is there are 21 lines in the original one of two or three accents each. That's how Hebrew poetry lines are configured. And this line, you are with me, is in the exact middle It's number 11 out of 21. There are 10 lines leading up to you are with me and then 10 lines that flow out from it. So we've seen the buildup and David now gets to the climax. Emmanuel, you are with me. So here we have this truth of God with us. It's in poetry as well as in the gospel. And again, I have found Dozens and dozens of examples of this awesome truth, this key reality. And even in the darkest hour of the shadow of death, God is with his people. Because his people will enter into his presence forever when they physically die in order to experience new life in him God, the good shepherd forever and ever, John 10, God's love is shown through Emmanuel, God with us always and forever. And then he says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. What I learned about this, again, from this human shepherd, is this is both discipline and salvation. Sheep can also be volitional, not just ignorant, not just childish, but sometimes they will stand up to the shepherd and do something harmful to themselves. And the shepherd takes out his rod, whacks it on the flank and says, get back in line. So when we need to be disciplined, God disciplines us as a loving heavenly father. But also sheep are kind of clumsy and they would just fall themselves into a ditch with thorns. And this big staff, which was about two feet wide, the shepherd would stand on the edge and hook the staff under the forelegs, get it up on its back feet and walk it right out of the thorns and save it when it had just 
accidentally brought harm to itself. Both of these, David says, are true because his good shepherd's always with him. Final third, the shepherd feeds, feeds him before his enemies and anoints him to overflowing. And then he pursues him in goodness and love for long days. First of all, you will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Feed him before enemies. I was thinking of David's life. Remember, he had been a shepherd. He was still a teenager. He goes to Saul, and Saul says, what can you do uh, to fight? And David talks about his life and how God had helped him so much. He said, I delivered my own sheep from the mouth of a lion and from the mouth of a bear. And he's now saying he is confident his shepherd Yahweh will feed him while protecting his life from those who are seeking to destroy him. And then he says, you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over, it overflows. Yahweh will anoint David with the oil of his spirit, until he can't contain it. And then he closes, surely goodness and steadfast love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will return to the house or family of Yahweh for long days. Now, no Bible has ever translated this correctly. And I learned this also in my Hebrew poetry class. The word radaf means to chase, to pursue, to run after. In fact, more than half the times the King James said, pursue. David knew what it was be like to be pursued by Saul. Saul was trying to take his life, and he was always being pursued and running away. And then later, Absalom, his son, after David had sinned and made a mess of everything, Absalom took the throne and tried to kill his father. David knew what it was like to be pursued. I believe at the end of his life, as he was inspired to write this song, he said to Yahweh, wow. Here I've been pursued to an inch of my life, but you are so wonderful that whenever I got off that path and I deserved severe punishment, I deserved death. You pursued me, but not like Saul, not like Absalom, not like others. You pursued me with goodness and strong, steadfast life Giving, life-changing love. What an awesome thought that God just doesn't follow us around meekly. He chases after us to rescue us, to give us his goodness, to give his, his strong, steadfast love. What an awesome thought. God wanting to be with us, pursuing us to love us. And he says, I now have confidence that I will be brought back. I will return to his house, to his family, to him, to the flock and the great good shepherd for long, long days, longer than I can imagine. Why? Because God's love is shown through Emmanuel, God with us. God with us in the center and all flows out of that, including his goodness and love. So let's wrap it up. When Joseph thought Mary had been unfaithful to him, an angel of the Lord said she had conceived by the Holy Spirit to fulfill the words spoken through the prophet about a virgin giving birth to Emmanuel, with us God, the Savior, to be saved from sins. And then Yahweh leads his sheep to rest, restoration, righteousness, because he is with them even in death, comforting, feeding, anointing, and loving them. The with us God, showing his love through Emmanuel, God with us. And now let us prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving by singing number 265, Let Us Break Bread Together. Thank you. 
prepare for communion. If there is anyone here who does not yet have a communion kit in order to participate, now would be the time to go and get one. Let us take our bulletin inserts and let us do our communion responsive reading. The table of bread is now to be made ready. It is the table of company with Jesus and all who love him. So come to the table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more. You who have been here often, and you who have not been for a long time, and you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed. Come, it is Christ who invites us to meet him here. Loving God, through your goodness, may we know your presence in the sharing, that we may know your touch and presence in all things. We celebrate the life that Jesus has shared among all of his communion through the centuries and he shares with us now. Made one in Christ and one with each other, we offer these gifts and with them ourselves a single living act of praise. Amen. And before we partake of the bread in the cup, let us pray. Holy Lord God, by what we do here in remembrance of Christ, we celebrate his perfect sacrifice on the cross and his glorious resurrection and ascension. We declare that he is Lord of all and we prepare for his coming kingdom. We pray through you, Holy Spirit, this bread may be for us the body of Christ, and this cup, the blood of Christ, accept our sacrifice of praise as we eat and drink at his command. Unite us to Christ as one body in him and give us strength to serve you in the world. To you, one holy and eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We give praise and glory now and forever. Amen. And let us now partake knowingly of the bread and of the cup. I was just thinking of this wonderful reality that as each person is in Christ and united with him, that should automatically mean we are all united with each other. And the more people that are in Christ, the more unity 
there should be among human beings. So again, uh, in this theme of love and God's love, we're going to close with a song we do not sing very often, but I think it sums up this morning, 455, in heavenly love abiding. This should be our life, our life in God's love. God is with us and in us. We should be with him and in him. benediction this morning is from the gospel of Isaiah. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, you whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts and said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that was one I got to memorize back around 1990. It's just an awesome, awesome word from God. Well, let's um, close our formal time of worship with number 185, Emmanuel, God with us, 185.